Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 213. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Bray Yanoski. And I'm Awesome Rouse. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, Brett plays The Gardens Between, and we both jump into Firestorm and have very different opinions about this new Battle Royale that has You're been so wrong. released into the world. Shut up, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> and in the gaming news, we dive into the reveal of Border of Lands 3. It's here! We are super pumped. We're going to talk all about it and everything that's coming out from Gearbox, along with Apple announcing a subscription service for their arcade marketplace. So, Well, they just like started a thing called the Apple Arcade, and okay. that's just the name of it. It's they already have an arcade. Anyway. They have it now, okay? <laughs> and the discussion topic, we talk about our predictions for the new Nintendo Switch Pro or Plus or XL and... The lower version of it, so the Nintendo Switch puny thing. And cue the music, Brett. <laughs> cue it now! Welcome to the It is April 2nd, 2019. After April Fool's Day, I hope y'all didn't get any crazy April Fool's jokes played on you. I'm sure we're going to have had a lot of crazy April Fool's jokes from all the video games in the world. Uh, April we Fools, don't know what they are yet, but... It's, ha, ha. it's not April Fool's. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the Inner Gamer is shutting down starting today. Ha ha. April huh. Fools! All right, I'll just leave right now. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, anyway, y'all, I'll welcome leave. to the Inner Gamer I Podcast. Do I quit, Brett. I'm done with this podcast. No, no. Okay, fine. I'll find other hosts. I'll find somebody else. And if anybody, we're now hiring hosts. All right, uh, right. It requires three plus years of experience. Uh, please submit your resume to hello.theinnergamer.net, and we will gladly accept your application. I will take anybody, literally anybody, because my host just quit, and that's really sad. No, I'm just kidding. He's still here. All right. Well, welcome back. Welcome back to the room. It's nice to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is going to be a great podcast. Have I returned? This is going to be some good know. stuff. I don't know. I'm we'll on the fence out. right now. But anyway, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, particularly right now, me, because I have one of a co-host that's like not here, uh, or he might be here, but <laughs> if knows? you donate to us, maybe he'll come back. So we'd love for you to donate to make the show better. If we'll give you some goodies along the way for as little as $5, you can help support this show so we can keep bringing you the highest quality content each and every week. We have all these different ideas of things that we want to do, but we can't do it because we're financially broke and uh, can't make that stuff happen. So if you guys can donate some money and help us out, we want to do all kinds of different types of videos. We're working on a D&D series right now. If you've been watching our Twitch streams, those are about to come out in like a fully produced like video series set. So that's going to be really exciting. We were just talking about doing some videos about local DFW folks. And to do that, we need to actually go on site and record people with like cameras and lights and shit. So any support you guys can give us, you'll get like, you can come on set with us. That would be pretty sweet. Like you could come and, you know, get these videos early to let us know whether they suck or not. Um, all kinds of things. So head over to the internetgamer.net and hit that donate button to contribute. So awesome. That's beautiful, Brett. That's beautiful. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we got some video games to talk about this week. Yes. Nothing new ish. Well, sort of new. They're, they're new. But um, Ish. it's it's uh, interesting. We don't have any like brand new huge epic titles, but I do have two games I want to talk about. 
The first game I want to speak on is a game that we talked about from South by Southwest uh, Gaming Expo. It's the Gardens Between. Now, this game came out back in September 20th of 2018. So it's not a new game per se, but it's been out for a minute and it's on the Switch and I played it on the Switch and it's pretty awesome. So the Gardens Between is made by a group of people, the the Voxel Voxel Agents. Agents, yes, Based out of Australia, which Australia. they have fantastic accents, and I love it. Um, you don't like British accents? I love British accents, too, but my Siri is Australian for a reason. Oh, oh uh, yeah. she's Australian. Yes. I thought she's British. No, she is Australian. <laughs> All yeah. those people sound alike. Wow. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Wow. I will that say is this. so mean. Apple makes a, a bad Australian accent for Siri. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best, but it's it's pretty solid. It pretty is solid. just an AI, so... Anyway, so The Gardens Between is a uh, puzzle adventure game that uh, has two best friends, Arena and Frent, as they enter into a mysterious world of beautiful garden islands. So in this game, you are going from island to island and seeing pieces of your past or things that are in your life. And as you're exploring these islands, you aren't controlling the characters, but instead you're controlling the time of the space. So it's a very simple control mechanic. I'm playing on the Switch about halfway through the game right now, roughly. Um, put in about three or four hours, I would say. And They say you can beat it in three hours, man. You take your time, huh? Oh, I'm really taking my time. That's good. Really That's good. taking my time. I mean, it is a game Probably all like about three hours, I would say. All about time. Time, exactly. Uh, so in this, you control time. You can either use the left or the right. Uh, buttons on the top of the controller or you can use left and right on the stick forward obviously advances time forward back advances time backwards and then you have a button that has you interact with objects in the space so certain characters interact with different things so the girl for example can interact with she has a little uh, lantern in her hand and this lantern can be placed inside things to collect this orb and once it collects the orb it lights up the orb and that's what you have to take to the top of the island to light up this like totem like statue thing in order to advance on the next stage the guy on the other hand he can manipulate these like time clock thingies where when you press on it you can go forward and back to you pause time but you can manipulate the objects in the world forward and back in time. So it stops the character movement, but it allows the objects in the space to move on a different plane of time. Crazy. Which is really interesting. Um, So you have to think about when these characters are able to interact with what, because you can't control where they are. You can only control the past that they, you can only control the time at which they reach those points. So um, there's a lot of crazy manipulation, but it starts off. There's a really nice, slow increase in difficulty in this game where it starts out very simple and you just like kind of breeze through it and they add a new mechanic to it. And then it gets a little bit harder and a little bit harder and a little bit harder to the point now where I'm like sitting there having to go back and forth, basically like rewinding back and forth through this whole entire island several times just to figure out where so different things interact beginning and all the way to the end sometimes sometimes so it depends because so if you're not successful it's like you need to go back well no so there is no way to go back back which is interesting wait what yeah there's no what way to mean? go back back like to restart because oh, okay. once you get to a point <laughs> you've kind of back? crossed a, a checkpoint already uh, so like so you're if you already messed there up at some point you're just gonna have to live with the consequences 
Well, there's, you wouldn't mess up to that point because there's parts so where you get far enough forward where like, say, so for example, there's these little like smoke cloud things. When you have the lantern in your hand that's lit, the, when you approach, the girl approaches the smoke clouds, the, the smoke cloud goes away and you can proceed forward. If she doesn't have the lantern in her hand or she doesn't have a, a light in her lantern, she can't proceed through the clouds. So say you have the lantern, you got the light, you proceed through the clouds, it goes away, and then there's like these little objects that are like like flower, like tulips that open up and have this like dark gray like warp hole, black hole thing that sucks the light back into it. It'll take that light away from you. But then now you don't have the light anymore, you can't go back past the cloud because now the cloud is back and you need the light to pass through the cloud. So at that point, you're stuck at that period of time and you can only go forward not backwards so if you get to the cloud and you haven't completed or don't have what you need you can go back well at that point you would have had what you need like there's nothing that would stop you from having to restart the the level yet i haven't experienced that yet so i always have something i need and you're stuck in the section right yeah and you can restart that section or you can go backward in time in that section to get what you need to go forward yeah, there's always going to be something like, in that section that allows you to proceed forward. Right. It's not like you're going to have to restart but, the level to go to the the very beginning to finish. Like if right. you've made it to a certain point, like you've made it to that point for a reason and there's going to be something in that point that you're at in that level to allow you to progress forward so even you though you cut off the beginning of the island. You can't just let the scene run out, like run forward. Like it requires you to do something in order yeah, to progress yeah, yeah. forward. Yeah, you can't stop it. Or you can't just let the time run and then it just reaches the end. Right. You're controlling every so aspect section, of it. section, you just let it run, you can go back or you just haven't, you haven't even tried that. But you can't let it run. You control it moving forward and back. Uh, so time stops until you move the characters, until you move the time. Uh, yeah. So it's so, just automatically stopped. Yeah. So initially you're frozen. Huh. You're frozen in time. Right. And then you move to the right and then it starts advancing time forward and you see them move about what they're doing. So the, what's interesting is you'll notice there's little visual cues too that's kind of cool. There's parts where the two characters are like moving because you're on like these narrow pathways um, spinning around this island as you're going to the top. And uh, you'll get to points where um, as you're controlling them for, you know, for fast forwarding time, um, you'll see one of the characters like stop and then like look at something while the other character continues to move onward. So that's like a visual cue that there's something of interest there that you need to pay attention to. So you may get all the way up to the top, like further up the island and then find some kind of trigger or something that makes you realize, oh yeah, down there they had looked at something and I need to go back down down to that spot in order to trigger something after having taken an action up here. So like there was one there was one level that was really clever where you have these little like cubes, right? And they have little feet on them. And the cubes, you can go up to, if you have the lantern with the light inside of it, the little orb, you can go up to these cubes and place the orb inside this little cube, or you can place the orb inside the cube. And the cubes have feet and they jump around as you're progressing time forward. And they have a set path that they're taking. So like you can actually use the, utilize that cube to teleport this orb to another area when you aren't supposed to have an orb on your person to get through like the black, the clouds, for example, um, or you need to get, you need to, there's like a thing in front of you that will suck that orb into your thing. So you don't want to have that orb on you. Otherwise it'll suck it into the flower and then you'll lose it. 
and you want to keep it for later on. So you stick it in this little cube and then you'll see the cube kind of like jump to another area. And there's this one map where the cubes are jumping into paint canisters and painting themselves different colors. And there's like six cubes that are jumping around different parts of the island on different pathways. So you're having to like, as you're progressing time, pay attention to the pathways that these cubes are going so that you know where they're going to land. So that if you drop an orb into the cube on this lower part, whenever you eventually get to that top part, you'll be ready to grab it from them when you're in that position. And you also got to pay attention to the paint color because different ones at the very end, when you get to the top, all six of them are up there at the top and they all have different colors on the base of them. So you got to know which one you were supposed to drop it in down at the very, very bottom in order to have it ready at the top. What I found out really hardly was that one of them had dropped into a paint canister and then when I wasn't paying attention to where it went, dropped in another paint canister to change its color. So I'm sitting there like putting my little orb into these cubes like five different times because I kept putting the wrong one (laughs) to get to the final part of the mission. It's just like this really crazy like mind games and I was like, that's really clever. Um, That's interesting because I was watching the trailer and the only thing I saw that... Like part of the things, part part of the levels and problem solving was there was this uh, saw that you had to cut this board off, and I guess right. to get your friend on the bottom level to get across some kind of area. Yeah, and so you had to go back and forth in time, like you're actually using a saw, and the person yep. would jump on it, jump off, and then jump back on it. Right. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Like, there's this interesting problem solving mechanic but at the same time it seemed pretty straightforward and simple yeah like super linear to the point where it's just like well i just gotta go forward and then go back a few times and change some stuff so i didn't really understand how that would affect the world but that makes a lot of sense yeah and that's yeah seems pretty difficult that one's interesting because that was that was like the second mission second or third mission so that was just introducing you to that mechanic of being able to knowing that you're not just going forward but you can go forward and back in quick succession in order to like manipulate objects in time. Cause that particular object, whenever you do that thing has a permanent effect on the world, regardless of whether you fast forwarded it or went backwards. Right. So you start seeing that and you're like, Oh, that's really interesting. So there's one part where you have this little like, um, nine digit keyboard thing that has like, you know, your, your numlock keys on your keyboard. It has a key keypad on there. And then you have to put in numbers or press on the buttons at the right time. So you have to go forward and back and forward and back to hit the numbers in the right succession based on your character and the other character and when they land at those spots in that time. And it's easy to do the combination wrong because there's a combination you have to put in and you have to know like when to put it right. And I had to do that like six times because I kept like accidentally (laughs) clicking on the seven when I was supposed to hit the six or vice versa, vice versa. And, um, yeah, it's really, really interesting, but it's a, it's a cool, I mean, it's, it's very, very simple. I mean, the mechanics are so simple, but man, is it deep. Um, it's a gorgeous game too. So did you get any story out of it so far? Like, yeah, not, not a lot. It's kind of a, the story is kind of a mystery. I mean, I can tell that it's something about the connections between these two friends and you see all their pastimes. Like you see all these objects that would relate to, their lives in some capacity. And once you complete a story or a complete an Island, it showcases like these two friends in this part of their, like a, like capturing a part of their history um, with these objects of them doing something. And then you fast forward time again. And what it does is it takes that 
moment in history and kind of zooms out on it to turn their shapes and the way that they're positioned into like a constellation that takes that moment in time and sticks it up in the sky. And that becomes like you finished it and puts it up in the sky as a constellation. So I don't know what the, the, the name of the gardens between means. If you're like, you're like in this weird outside universe thing in between different head as far as I got. Yeah. I think it it might be because the way that all these objects, it's kind of like the way it's putting all these objects together that don't really jive all together. Right. But like the way they're thrown in here, it's kind of like a, your, your brain, like shoving a bunch of these things into this world that don't quite make sense. And you have to figure out how they all make sense, but they're from different moments in your life that you've encountered them and stuff like that. And it's, uh, it's weird. It's, it's really, really different. But I can see why it's gotten nominated for a lot of awards because as far as like game mechanics go, it's really, really clever and really well designed. And the pacing of how it increases the difficulty is really, really nice because I was on the airplane playing this for a little bit and then I was like super stuck on this level. So I stopped for a while, came back home, sat down and suddenly had a different perspective on how I approached that puzzle. And I was like, oh, duh, this makes perfect sense now. Um, but it took me a minute to like figure out how to go through that process. So, yeah. I, I like those games. What game was like that for me? There's a few games like that where it's just like, if I put it down for a little bit and come back, it's just, it always just makes sense in the end. Right. And it's like, oh, okay. I could do this again. Yeah. I'm not going to throw my controller or console across the, across the room. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> so it's uh it's pretty, it's, I would recommend it. The sound is fantastic. It's got some really good music in it as well. But um, yeah, the, I mean, the storytelling I think is a little bit kind of how you interpret it. You know, it's not quite told to you what it's telling, but the way in which it's, I mean, you, the, it's left up to interpretation. Like you can kind of create a little bit of the story for you and uh, it's just, it's really beautiful and it's really, really well done. I mean, this is, this is, this is art right here. I would consider it like, this is like yeah. an art piece and it's in its own right. Um, so yeah, big fan, highly recommend it. Go check it out. The gardens between it's available on, I think PC switch and, um, it might be on consoles as well. I'm not quite certain about that, but it's on on Xbox. Um, yeah. (laughs) Switch, Microsoft, windows, Mac OS X, Xbox one and PlayStation four. So it's on all the above. And Don't forget. We saw these guys at South by Southwest gaming expo, and we're going to have a video drop with their, one of their, uh, devs called Sam Joslin. I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel bad because the, it's on the, it's on the video. It <laughs> is on it the out. video. Uh, yeah, it'll go to our, be YouTube, on our channel, YouTube channel. And you're gonna find it. It's gonna be there. And uh, great guy, awesome game, like great style. Uh, one of our top games at South by Southwest Gaming, and uh, you're definitely gonna want to check it out. They say it's about a three hour long. Simon Joslin. Simon Joslin. Sorry, I did not mean to call you Sam. <laughs> you're thinking of Sam Ing from Zarbot. I am thinking yep. of Sam Ing. So yeah, it's something that uh, it's not a long game, but they say that there is story within it. So if you stick around long enough to kind of put the pieces together in this weird world, you'll figure it out. And I was like, very interesting. Yeah. I like that. No, it's, it's super cool. Highly recommended. Um, So we're about to talk about what we've been waiting on for a long time. 
Uh, Battlefield Five has just dropped their latest update to the game, which is their Battle Royale, their take on Battle Royale, Firestorm. It is here. It is out. Austin and I, and I have played a little bit of it. Not a ton, but we've dived into it enough to be able to talk on our first impressions. And I want to share with you, with you those now because Battle Royale is a hard game to compete in right now. Um, Apex Legends, which is also an EA property, came in and pretty much flipped everything on its head. And I feel like had this Firestorm come out before Apex Legends, it would have been a very different conversation. But now it's the conversation that we have at hand. So for those of you who don't know about Firestorm, it's the Battle Royale version of the game. And it is a map that is apparently like 10 times bigger than Havana or whatever it's called, which is their largest map in Battlefield five. And, uh, this map is very, very big. It's huge. Um, very nice looking mats. I think it's, I think it's pretty well designed. There's a lot of terrain differences. There's a lot yeah. of, there's snow, there's grasslands, there's like kind of foresty areas, um, mountainous regions. Like there's a ton of stuff in here. Um, and it's typical stuff. You dr- come in on planes, you parachute out, you pick your drop point, you drop in, you have to loot. And then as you loot, you find, you know, different rarities of weapons. There's the common, you have your rare and you have your epic kind of things that have different colors. Um, as you pick them up, I think the inventory management part of it isn't terrible. A lot of people have been complaining about like, that's kind of the one of the weak points. I don't know. What did you feel about like managing the inventory as you're picking up stuff? I mean, it was okay. I'll be honest. I played twice and I didn't like it at all. Oh yeah, that's right. So So you were, you were, so how much, how much time do you feel like you actually spent playing it? Like maybe 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Never mind. I played for like an hour and a half. So I got a little bit more time. Here, I'll quickly go through my stuff because you probably have more to say on than I do. But I jumped in twice and I died both times, which was, you know, fine. Okay. No, I played three times and I died both those times and you know it plays like so battlefield hot drop yeah i just hot drop okay. i was like i'm gonna go someplace i want to say i hot dropped i just like went to a place where i thought there'd be guns and other people landed with me so the third time i actually landed by myself got all uh, like these three small shacks got what i needed and i went to go where i heard gunfire so i i knocked someone's armor completely off and then i tagged some other this other guy and then this i was kind of like just chilling waiting for this guy to come I heard him running around me, but I just wanted to make, I didn't want to run out, you know, for him to hear me and see me. So I thought I'd get a jump on him and then he ended up killing me. And the one thing I don't like about this is like, okay, it's over. Like, fuck. Yeah. And this is where Apex really kind of screwed the game for everybody else because you're, you're with the squad and if you're lucky, they're going to try to revive you and it's not just like, all right, you put in 30 minutes to this game and it's not over yet, but you still have a chance to come back, you know? Right. And that's a lot more entertaining then, hey, I'm gonna. You're just gonna die. Cause that's what it felt like. A few hits and I was dead. And I was like, but I have armor on. Like I don't understand. Did so, you equip your armor? I guess I didn't. Yeah, you have you, to equip your armor. What kind well, of shit is that? Well, no. So you you get armor, but then you can also like add armor plates that gives you more armor to like boost your armor like number. Cause like the first time I had it, I had like no armor. But if you get the armor plate, you can put a little bit extra on there and like add like fifty armor to your body or whatever. Um, and what? increase that. Yeah. That's weird. Um, it's basically like adding armor to your already existing okay. body armor. I mean, I had, that's there. I had armor plates on me, but I thought I was used to like reboost my armor once it got low. 
Yeah, I think that because there was a moment where I had, I may have been in a firefight or whatever, but I was, no, I don't think I was. I had like a set armor level and then I took out an armor plate and used it and then it increased my armor by 50. Right. So I got more armor because of it. So that was interesting. interesting. But um, regardless, I just died really quick and it was over and I was like, I mean, I didn't play very long. It was a small experience, but I might change my mind later. But at this point, like, I feel like there's no point in playing this game. It's just like PUBG. Once you're dead, you're dead. And that sucks. Like, I want to have the chance to be revived. And Apex just provides for a better experience overall. Well, I mean, you played solo, though. I mean, you can get yeah. revived in, in, well, no, I understand in that. squads and stuff like that. that. So so it's that stuff, the mechanics still is still there. Just Apex doesn't have single right, player, solo play. you know, solo play. So it, it will be a different, I think it's going to be a different experience when you get into that part. But I agree, like, this is definitely. This is I felt, what PUBG should be. Yes. But PUBG is now irrelevant completely. Right. And so they were basing it off of PUBG while Apex was basing it off of, hey, we need to make this whole thing better in general. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to succeed. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get as many players back as they thought they might. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be like, oh, everybody's going to jump on board this Firestorm bandwagon and play this game because... It's a for me this this feels like an added game mode, right? But it doesn't feel like its own independent experience that would make me want to go out and pick up Battlefield Five, right? Um, now, granted, I love Battlefield Five, and the fact that I have Battlefield Five makes me want to do this more. The issues that I had with this was um, so let me talk about the good things first. So, like again, the map is by far, other than Apex Legends, I think it's one of the best looking graphically and just like layout wise maps that I've seen in battle Royale. Like it's way better than any of the PUBG maps. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, you know, cartoony like Fortnite or whatever. It's really, really nice. And there's a lot of diversity and everything in there. And I didn't feel like I had a lot of problems with finding guns that were useful to me. Um, so that was really nice. I thought the inventory system managed relatively well in that you can go up and you just pick up your guns and it just auto slots them. You can have uh, two primaries, you can have a sidearm, you can have you have your ammunition for each type. You can pick up more ammunition if you want to, but when you hover over your gun in the inventory, you can see it highlights what ammunition type it's using. So if you want to just drop whatever extra stuff you do, you just right click on it twice and then it drops on the floor because when you right click it activates how much of this do you want to drop and then you select how much you want to get rid of and you you drop it down and then um you can have uh your health you can have your armor plates and you have two gadgets of some kind so whether it be a grenade or sticky grenade or what have you there's different things like that and um so that stuff was nice because you go around you start picking stuff up pressing e and it slots it in there and then whenever you get up to one that you already have something that's better than that like you find something that's better you press e and it automatically swaps it out you don't have to deal with anything like that and then if you want to um exchange something you press e again and it'll swap out whatever you currently have equipped if you decide to do that um so i feel like as far as managing inventory is pretty fast like it wasn't and then when you open up the inventory it doesn't open up a full screen menu it just increases the size of the inventory on the right side which I thought was pretty smart, and it activates the mouse on the right-hand side. So as far as UI goes, I felt like it was pretty good, even though there's a lot of people I was reading online that said there was, they had a lot of issues with how the inventory was configured, but I thought it made sense. I mean, it's not as good as Apex Legends, obviously, but it's still, I mean, it definitely is a, a improvement over some of the other Battle Royales that are out there. But I, you mind me interjecting? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I, I think we talked about this early on, 
about like what we wanted from this game. Yeah. Or from this game mode. And I think if I remember right, like the way that they have it set up in the actual battlefield, you know, vanilla game is or proper, you know, you have all these different people who have different skills. And I think having a team of like four people makes sense, kind of like what Apex is doing. That way you have a medic and you have, you know, support with extra ammo and stuff. And so like everyone is low on ammo at some point or whatever, but then you only have a certain amount of resupply that you can get until you go find another resupply bin. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that would just make it much more battlefield esque. And yeah. this is just like you're one guy with no abilities and I mean it's just PUBG all over again. Yeah. And I think it just make for a more interesting game like that. Yeah, so I think even on squad play, like you still you select a class, but this class but doesn't just, have any bearing. Yeah. So it's, it's just not gonna character. it's not gonna let you change that up. So that that would be kind of cool if they did implement that or at least give you some kind of like special perk right. for because picking then the, medic over Right, you know, assault or what happens. You. you know, the medic can revive like three people, and after that, he can't revive them unless he goes to a resupply. Yeah, and then even then, you can only revive one other person, type thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, so the way this one's going to work is you can revive people all the time. Right, you no, know, I understand. If your squad's bleeding out, you can just go pick somebody up, and then right. it's like they're back. So as long as your well, team's yeah. staying together, well, just like you can you revive know, each other. In Apex, you know, if you get a uh, lifeline, she can revive faster. Right. So that that type of thing, I guess, would be more work better for something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems pretty quick. It's like, well, two I guess seconds not, revive I guess somebody. an actual revive. So I mean, you go down a, completely. Yeah. And it's like, cause you know, in, in, um, Oh, you mean like if you die? Yeah. If they're like dead. Yeah, they're, yeah. The respawn is you get to revive somebody. Right. Right. Yeah. They don't, so. they definitely don't have that in here. Cause they do have, if you go, if you get shot to where you go down, you're bleeding out just like you are in the regular game. So somebody on your team, regardless of who they are, can come up to you, revive you and pick you back up. Right. Right. But if you get shot and killed and killed, killed, like you're, you're done. Exactly. You're um, there is See, no, I like think every, beacon thing every battle royale needs a respawn at some like uh, somehow some way yeah yeah so i think having a medic build to re fully revive you even if you have just like you know a sliver of health left i think that's cool yeah it makes sense for its class and then everyone has to work together and i think that just makes for a better experience Mainpex has really figured out something interesting here yeah that everyone can learn from so hopefully they take this and and kind of change up a little bit but i don't see them doing that because <laughs> they spent too much time and money to make this this and they might as well just keep it the way it is I guess without yeah because there has to be some return I don't think the return is going to be there so they probably won't change it up like they should yeah I don't know I think they have a lot of potential with with this thing there's a good foundation here the load times are shit it took me like a minute and a half to load into a game which was awful really oh yeah it took forever it was it was so slow because it was like finding the game first then once you found the game, you load into the game lobby. And then once you get into the game lobby, then you have to load the actual game itself. Because, you know, you have that like pre-mode or whatever where you're like sitting there just waiting for it to find all the players. That right. took a while. So it's like the whole process from like clicking play to like actually getting in the airplane to drop was like a minute and a half. It was awful. And that happened to me both times I was playing it. But hopefully that gets fixed later as time goes on. But I did, again, like the... um the, the, well, no, let me go back to the things that I hate because there's two things about this that I think are broken. And I think it's that if you're playing solos, solos should be, this is a huge ass map and it's capped at 64 players. So most of my time in there was spent 
running around looking at nobody mm-hmm. because there mm-hmm. wasn't, it was such a big map and there, I didn't drop in any focus regions to fire, like have a firefight. So it would have been a little bit of a different story, but I also wanted to try to survive for a little bit. So I made it to the 16th place and I made it to 10th place each time I played and was fine. But the f- I feel like this map deserves like 150 player count, which is going to be super hard for them to probably achieve. And they have to put more but buildings too. Yeah, but more. Well, I don't know if it even needs as much more buildings. So it's still so barren. Like there just wasn't enough people out there running around. But like there's enough diversity in the terrain that I think you'd have places to hide and like get away from. It feels like Miramar people and PUBG a little bit. It's yeah, just, it's gigantic. There's a lot more towns in, in Miramar, but there's just so it's just so expansive. You can run around for an hour yeah, and not find anybody. Yeah. That's what's great with Apex is that you can get like, yeah, you might get in a firefight and every like two people might die, but at least you got like, you had a warm up. So if you're lucky enough to come back, maybe you're now warmed up enough to really kind of kill some people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this it, is like, you have to play a few matches for me. It felt like I was playing a few matches just to warm up and I just got frustrated. So I went to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it, I I think there's something here though. Like it definitely can fill a void people that don't want to play Apex Legends or want that PUBG kind of experience. Like it, they need to if they fix the loading times, if they fix the inventory a little bit, so that um, well, not necessarily the inventory. If they make it to where there's a larger player count, and then I'm anxious to see what squad plays like because I feel like squad play is going to really change the game experience for us. Because if we're sticking together moving around in groups and everything like that, I think it would make for a much more exciting experience overall. And I would feel more comfortable like engaging in combat with other people. Like there was a moment where I dropped in and I was, um, so, cause I don't, I don't know if you played enough of the map to get to this point, but after, after the first, uh, firestorm finishes the first circle. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so the first circle closes in and I will say the firestorm thing is fucking awesome. Like that is a brilliant design because when that firestorm is getting close to you, like you see the fire just like tearing down buildings and your, your screen starts to get a little bit blurry and there's particle effects and shit coming in and you start to lose health as you get closer to the wall. Like, I mean, it is very, very intense and it's awesome to be that close to that firewall. Like just sick. I just like, and you're fast enough to where you can outrun it in most cases, which I thought was really good because I was freaking out at one point because I was too far on the outside and had to run in and I was just, the fire was just following me as I was moving inward. But it's a really, really cool mechanic because there was a part where the circle, I was spectating somebody and it got to where the circle was super tiny and this guy was hiding inside of a building and there was three people left and he's in the corner of the building and the firestorm is coming and you hear it just like breaking down trees and shit outside and as it gets closer and closer, it breaks down the fence outside him and then it starts coming into the building and starts tearing down half of the building and he's like, oh fuck, oh fuck and he can't go behind him because there's a wall so he just has to like run out in the fire a little bit and burn and then get out into the open and stuff like that but you see like half the building just like crumble down from the firestorm coming in i was like that's super cool so it's like a very immersive experience when that's happening but the uh the thing i was going to say was uh after the first firestorm comes into play 
they have these uh, resupply points that that come in, which does help the mechanic again if there's more people because they drop in at three different points on the map. There's an A, B, and a C, and those resupply points are basically areas that you can get heavy duty, like epic loot, if you go to those points. So it helps to drive some of the combat situations to those three points on the map. And if you get there, you have to hold that position for like. 20 seconds or whatever to capture that point and once you capture it it drops a drops a thing and then epic loot comes out and i got a, like a super badass third level lmg i got third level body armor so it's well worth going there but again it's like it's a kind of a you know tug of war kind of situation like should you go there and risk like dying yeah. or not yeah one of the ones that i went to is outside the firestorm as the firestorm was coming in so i was like well i'm gonna i'm gonna risk it and see what happens and it was worth it because it allowed me to like get another kill and stay alive but that was a cool mechanic to kind of direct the attention to like certain points um right so and then again like i heard somebody that was opening up a tank thing so i heard the sirens in the background so i went towards that and that was when I got into a nice fire engaged in a firefight with like three people there was like two guys over this way another guy back here but that's still few and far in between because the map is so big and we start out and if nobody's engaging in those uh, environmental activities then it's loses its luster a little bit but I I think if they increase that player count focus on the squad play like it could be a great game because the gunplay is awesome I think the inventory system solid I mean, it's a realistic, grounded PUBG. And I, I mean, I just don't see any reason to have a solo mode right now. Yeah, I don't just, either. Just like Apex. Like, there's I mean, no reason. I mean, yeah. I think it's nice going in, but the way that the game's tailored, there's almost no reason to have that. And if they just stuck with their roots of having a squad play game, I think it would. this would be received a lot better. You know? But I think they're going with people who don't want that. Or well, people I mean, you want don't that have to like, play, like... I mean, I know the options like, there. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like you're judging not, it based off of the fact but, that there's solo play in there, well, but it's like so let me you haven't ex- played expo- squads expand yet. On that. Let me okay. expand yeah. on that. But having the class system, yeah, yeah, would be nice. I right. feel like, yeah, you know, it kind of goes head to t- uh, head to head with uh, with Apex, yeah. which has the class, like making that the focal point. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's nice to have abilities and stuff. You know, they can have abilities too. I don't know. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just. Taking what I've played in single player is just going to translate to having three other people with me, yeah, and and, and squad. So it's like there's nothing really different about that. Besides, I'm going to have people. I mean, you got to admit though, PUBG is not funny for playing solo. I mean, it can't. No, it's not. Not anymore. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it never was for me. Like I never. Oh, for enjoyed. me, like starting off, I was yeah. like, let me just get in here. I just want to, you know, I yeah. just want to do it. But now that like that whole period is over. Like if I don't have people to play with, I'm not gonna play. Like yeah. it's even getting like that for Apex. Yeah. When it first came out, I was ready to just jump in with people. Right. I got a few champions just yeah. playing with randos. So at this point, like I don't want to jump into squads unless I know the people I'm playing with. Yeah. So yeah. That's what sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I think they put solos in there because a lot of players that prefer solos yeah, in, I, in Battle Royale. Yeah, so that's the, the only that's the only reason it exists there. And then Apex Legends doesn't have it. So like, well, we got a solo battle royale kind of thing, but I I don't want to like turn it off just yet until I've actually played how it's meant to be played, which I think is squads likely. Right. And I'm curious to see what that plays like. But there are, as far as a solo played game, it's not a good game. It's not worth your time to jump in there and do that because it's just it's it gets boring. Right. Really right. fast. So and you don't um, see anybody. And yeah, I mean they have a lot of cool things in there. I think make it interesting. Yeah. Like 
trying to get a tank out of a bunker and the sirens go off. So it's like, shit, <laughs> yeah. I get this now or I'm screwed, you know, cause people are coming. So I saw a tank in the map one time. It was scary. I ran sure away. It was. Sure it was. I was like, I'm not going to go after this guy. He's yeah. going to kill me. So anyway, yeah, cool. that's all well, we got for you this week. Yep. I want to talk about more later on, but I want to get into the squad play stuff and see how they update the game over time. So that's good stuff. Anyway, um, if you guys want to play some games with us, like if you want to jump into some Firestorm, you have it. You can join us on our Discord channel. Check out the link in the show notes. You can also go to theinnergamer.net slash 213 and find all that out. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and tell, tell a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our video game news. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for our video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the weekend in the gaming industry. Industry. And industry. Austin, what is industry. the biggest piece of news we have this week? Say it out loud. It is the inner gamer. Uh, that was not what I was hoping for. Oh, sorry. I was oh, hoping oh, for oh, you meant Borderlands, Borderlands 3. Yeah, it's here. Oh, my it's been revealed, gosh. everybody. They had at PAX East, as we talked about, that is why we had a discussion topic. That is what's next for the future of Borderlands. We mentioned that Borderlands 3 was going to get revealed. We thought it was going to be earlier, but now it's here. It's revealed. It's announced. More details are coming out the day after you listen to this podcast. We're going to talk about what has been revealed because Get it you was... Get date for today's drop. It was a lot in the last five minutes of this hour-long stream where Randy Pitchford kind of made a fool of himself a little bit and then also kind of was funny. And then also there was a lot of technical difficulties from PAX and I watched we'll the whole entire damn thing and it was but Let's crazy. talk about... This this thing. You want to talk about Borderlands Three first? Yeah. Um, it was okay. amazing. Let's talk about Borderlands Three. What a so, great yeah. trailer! What a great trailer! So I, I like just real fast, like that teaser trailer. I knew there'd be a lot of Easter eggs in that teaser trailer, but I didn't realize how many were in there. Like they have freaking like shift codes in there that are, give you like free shit for Borderlands Two. There was. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, no, like, oh, so you had to watch the stream to know oh, okay. about all this so stuff, but yeah, so if you go through and watch a the trailer, there's like, uh, codes, like as they were painting around this mask or whatever, there was a code in there that actually gives you free items inside Borderlands 2, so you input that code and it's going to give you free shit, and then, um, there was hints at, like, different things such as character reveals and, uh, moments that come are coming back, who's going to be in it, because what people didn't know is that it never was officially confirmed or not whether or not Tales of the Borderlands lands would be canon in the actual Borderlands story. Well, now from that teaser trailer, now the official trailer, it's been confirmed that it is canon as part of that world. So Reese is back. He's like got like facial hair now, which is awesome. So I know you haven't played that yet. Yeah, but I say I don't know some but, of these characters. But you need to go back and play that, man, because oh, it's gosh. like it literally is as far as story but goes. I can't. Telltale's gone. It's over. You can still get it. No, it's over. I can't buy them anymore. I'm, t- I'm t- trust me. You will right. thank me later. Right. Like the story bits in this are so freaking good that tie into the overall world. Like it is so worth every minute of playing that. Um, and then a lot of the characters in that are actually coming into this. So like, that's even more reason why you want to get it. But yeah, so this trailer three minutes and 57 seconds long opens up to a freaking mask on the floor. And then you see children of the vaults in the background, give your flesh, take your guns like Holy shit. And they go through talking about TK opens up, you know, borderlands three, you got some badasses. You got some villains in there that show up like the freaking character design is just 
awesome. It's got the same art style. Lilith is back. She looks amazing. Like there's just so much goodness in this trailer. Um, again, like Reese is in there, which made me super happy from Tales of the Borderlands. Like, dude, dude. And I want to talk about like the, the level. So this is a game that's not going to be taking place. Like the previous two games have taken place on one location, right? It took place on, um, uh, yeah, like one planet or whatever. But in this one, they pitched heavily that it's on multiple planets. So you're probably going to be a vault hunter that's hunting for the entrance to vaults on like multiple places. And there's a part where they, they tie through, um, different flashbacks of like how many different regions there are in this map. And they're very different. There's like a cyberpunk looking world. There's a freaking chick that like spreads her arms out and has like multiple arms that are all like electric and like shiny and stuff. Like Zenyatta and Overwatch. Yeah. Like Zenyatta. There's a part that looks like it's from like China or something like that. Like, there's just a lot of different variety. It looks like they're more, like vehicles might be a bigger part of it now, which is kind of exciting too. Like you can actually ride around your vehicles and like a billion guns. Like holy shit, a billion guns, yo! Like that. I think that was the coolest thing. And it's like okay, so for me, like I've been paying attention to Anthem, like everything that's been coming out of that and the shit show that it is, literally the biggest shit show in games I've seen in a while, bigger than Destiny. I mean, that's saying a lot. If you're way worse than Destiny, there's something wrong with you. But yeah, having a billion guns when like Anthem only has like as many as I can put on two fingers or two hands, like that is that is awesome. It's the original looter shooter, man. I know. I'm so happy for this. And again, we kind of talked about what we were expecting from it in the past. Like, I don't know what episode it was, but I mean, I, I hope it's like Destiny. Where like there's a hub world where you go to or a hub base or yeah, like maybe something in space, like a spaceship or something. And then you go to these worlds and you know, conquer these worlds one by one and maybe each of them have like a raid in them or Episode whatever. Two zero nine, if y'all want to hear our thoughts on that, inter the innergamer.net slash two zero nine. And if you listen to that, you can see what we got right and what we got wrong from our predictions, our wants and desires. Yep. Um so I really am hoping it's like that. And I hope it's more of like pick your class and then design your character because we haven't seen that in Borderlands yet. It's usually just like pick your character and it has a class tied to that. So I, I think it's been pretty well confirmed now that you will not be able to do that. <laughs> oh. It's going to be you pick a there's just more vault. There's more characters oh, to choose from. Shit. And then but so <laughs> w- will you be disappointed if it doesn't have the hub world and it's like basically just a larger greater story based rpg like borderlands 2 but no, bigger no okay i mean i love the last two yeah and they just bring back more are we going to go into the polygon story um i mean we right can now. go into a little bit if you want okay. to well polygon said that it just looks like more of the same and they weren't excited for this trailer well it's not I just was, you know it was it was even more than polygon too polygon yeah, game spot there was like several places that were underwhelmed by this trailer right. they're like oh it just looks more of the same so it's like no, we, we aren't excited about this. And I'm like, in a time now when games as a service is a huge thing, and this is kind of designed in a way, or at least the like foundations, basically, of games as a service back in the day. Will you agree with that, or is that just stretching it too far? Say that one more time. So games as a service, right? how it is right now. I mean, I would say this is kind of sort of the basis of it, in a way. The way it's kind of set up, where you have all this loot you can go and get, and then... 
I think know, it was... They've, they've turned looter shooters into games as a service. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was, like, kind of a stepping point, but I think they saw... They looked at this as, like... Right. This is an easy way for us to make a exactly. games as a service. Is taking this idea and running with it. Um, but this is definitely the original looter shooter. Right. And I still think it's the best one. Um, and so they're giving... <laughs> these websites don't they, they they give a pass to all these other games that come out all the time and it's just more of the same like yeah call of duty or fifa or whatever you know a sports game it's just taking what they did before adding a few characters into it and then like it's basically the same game with some new you know shinier bells and whistles and here we are getting a good quality game from a quality studio making quality work giving us more of what we want and that's a negative thing i just don't understand that I don't, I don't either. Cause for me, it's a breath of fresh air. Even if this is more of that, like I just want more of this world and more of this story yeah. that in, intrigues me. Now, granted tales of the borderland or not tales of borderlands, the borderlands, a pre-sequel was a little bit underwhelming. Like we didn't, we never finished it. We played it, but didn't get quite get into it as much. But I think with this one, like it looks like it's going back to what borderlands two was and it's getting that feel in there. And I love that they're bringing these other characters in there and there's just a huge amount of diversity and just personality that like shines through this so much. And I, I cannot wait to interact with these NPCs and find out like what stories they, they have to send you on. And there's all these little like hidden hints of like, <clears throat> you know, crazy rebel people and stuff like that. Like, like messages on the walls, like this show in the vault thing is like all over the place and then you're going to places that look like some sci-fi, like foreign, you know, cyberpunk land. And then there's this like wasteland, like New Orleans style looking area. And then you got the desert areas. And then there's all these different things. There's a place that's like called the Holy Broadcast Center. Like what the heck is that about? Like apocalypse or answer Cal apocalypse and stuff like that. There's all these little little things in here. But I'm, I'm curious to know, like there's a whole new central idea that they've introduced here with this children of the vault and like there's it sounds like it's gonna be fucked up because handsome jack's not around anymore and he was kind of like the driving force of the bad guy and now there's new bad people so we have a whole new lineup of things to discover and be exposed to that we've never seen before and i'm really really excited about what that means and just looking at the the environments like that's got me jazzed and then Guns with Legs has got me freaking jazzed. Like, what the fuck? And then there's a part where there's a freaking, like, T-Rex dinosaur thing that's coming after you, trying to kill you. Like, what is that? I mean, it's awesome. There's so much stuff in here. So I, I don't know. I don't see why anybody would not be excited about just the character design that's in here. And then Bricks comes out with a freaking sax solo. Like, how cool is that? I mean, that whole trailer just got me jazzed for all of it, man. Yeah. It's great presentation. Gives you a good understanding of like the characters and possibly the story going on going on here. And you know, I just couldn't be happier, especially in this time and age when quality work isn't seen as much anymore. Yeah, you know? it takes like three or four games of service to come out before one hits it. You know, hits the nail on the head. Right, and right. Said, That's appalling. Yeah, that is appalling. Like what what have become games? But yeah. A distant shadow of itself. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Like this looks, it has everything that I've wanted in this. I mean, yeah, the visuals, the gameplay, <clears throat> the diversity of stuff you can do in this world, right. the guns. I mean, like, there's so much in here. 
I mean, I I can't wait to play four player co op and just jump in this space with my friends and see what we can come up with. It would be kind of nice. I mean, I think there still would be some interesting stuff if they did do a Destiny like kind of situation with this and made it little games as a servicey. But I'm kind of glad they're not, just because I don't know if I mean it could definitely find a foothold for sure. But then it's trying to pull people's attention away from these other games. Right. Um, right. Which in this case, it's kind of is now existing in its own realm because of the fact that it is, um, you know, it's, there isn't anything like it anymore, which is kind of sad to think about, but there isn't like a ground other than like the, the outer worlds can be interesting if they come out at the same time, you know, that's going to be kind of sucky for the outer worlds. Cause yeah. this yeah. definitely has more personality in the outer worlds, even though I'm excited about the outer worlds, but I, I um, think, I think, I think they're different their, enough. Their own niche. Yeah. Even though they are similarly. Yeah. Cause this like, is more about like zany, crazy, like shoot them up, blow them up, like gun, gun zone place. Right. Whereas like, the Outer Worlds, I feel like it's going to be more of a more RPG, yeah. like traditional RPG right. feel. You're going to get story, you're going to get to know like characters, side side quests, stuff like that. I mean, they, they both have that, but... Yeah. I mean, technically, they're both RPGs, too. So. Yeah. But... Um, You'll get your fix. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm super stoked about this, and I think everything that they put in here is really exciting. I'm glad that on April 3rd, we're going to get Borderlands 1 and 2 remastered. If you have it on PC, like you get it for free. So I get that's free upgrade that comes out. So you get all that. Thank you, PC. Yeah. (laughs) Borderlands two, you can play in VR, which is pretty exciting. Um, that's wild. So there's a, there's a lot of good happening here. Oh yeah. Um, I made a comment on the YouTube video that was like in 2019 Borderlands or gearbox Borderlands three is here. Valve. We don't know what three means. (laughs) Like, that's just, just what it is. Oh man! Wait, you put that on there? You I saw put it? that on there somewhere. Yeah. Damn. I got a lot of comments on it. One person was like, "Old joke, bro," and I was like, "No, I don't care. It's still relevant. It's still relevant. It still it, it's always going to be a running joke in gaming. Yeah. Just until gaming. they make a three, it's a running joke. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm <laughs> super put it like it's Steam. This is blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, so in, in that, in addition to this, they announced a tabletop game. Um, it was funny though. Whenever Randy Pitchford came out, he was like talking about Borderlands and stuff like that, and saying like, you know, we got a big announcement at the end of this. I think you all know what it is. Um, no, it's not Battle Royale. I'm just gonna put that out there. So he like, sh- you know, shuttered it real fast. I was like, there's enough of that. We ain't gonna do that. That's not our thing. So yeah, yeah. we'll leave it to those other people. Right. I was like, okay, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so, what are you saying about everything coming out? Yeah. So they had some other things that they announced, like obviously game of the year stuff for all the Borderlands things. They have a tabletop game. Um, Gearbox also has a Gearbox publishing platform where they're gonna. They had a trailer for Risk of Rain two, which is out in Steam early access. And since it came out, it's like gotten really, really good reviews since yesterday. Like overwhelmingly positive. Like a, people are loving loving it. It's some kind of roguelike light game and. It's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, Rick and Morty co-creators uh, Justin Roiland has a new game called Trevor Saves the Universe. That was that was re- announced, and then uh, the announcement of Bulletstorm coming to the Nintendo Switch. So a couple of little things in there, but overall, um, the stream was kind of rough, but the freaking trailer is awesome, and I cannot wait. So I forgot. Like one of the greatest things is that Tiny Tina is now like a full blown teenager adult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I'm right. Excited about that. Yeah. 
It's she nice. was crazy and zany and super interesting to like do quests for. So I can only imagine her craziness now. Um, I'm excited about that, dude. Yes, it's gonna be great. Here we go. Here we All go. Right. You're the Borderlands. Up. Sorry. Yeah, you're the Borderlands. Now year of the other things that are coming. So Apple which I used to get super hyped about Apple's like press conferences and stuff like that. I get less and less hyped about them as time goes on, <laughs> but you're getting they, older, Brett. Yeah. Well, no, and, and they're just, getting suckier. Apple's just getting suckier. I mean, they just freaking, they announced last year that they're making the Apple AirPods wireless charging case. They brought out the charging case and then they announced yesterday that, oh, remember that AirPower like charging pad that we announced is going to charge your phone, your watch, and your AirPods all at once? Well, now they canceled that because they couldn't figure out the thermal connectivity and it was overheating. And I'm like, this is so unlike Apple to announce a product, marketing a product, and then a year later just shutter it. Like that's they've just gotten so big, they fall in jobs, man. It's just it's a nightmare. Well, they fall into what EA does. They just follow what what their investors want, and their investors want money, and so it's like they just lost their vision. They just don't have oh, that too. They don't know what the they yeah they they it's don't know what people want anymore. They're not willing to take the risk to like go to do something different. They're following in the footsteps of other people more so than they are actually innovating and coming up with new ideas and taking the time to come up with new ideas. Right. And so it's like, let's see how many new devices we can release in a year uh, and variations of that device rather than let's just take our, like let this thing sit for a little bit, make something really good and then drop it and then like blow everybody's mind. But they're not doing that. So it's kind of a bummer. But anyway, so they did announce a bunch of subscription services. They announced Apple News Plus, which was stupid. Like literally $10 a month for a subscription service to read news. It's like, really? Really? Okay, that's weird. I mean, they're already trying to... No, that's just that's stupid. Yeah, but what they did announce that's kind of interesting is the Apple Arcade. So this is a subscription service that will allow subscribers to download and play premium games for a single fee. So it's going to be nine ninety nine. Um, these are games that are playable on iOS, Mac OS, and the Apple TV. They can also be played online. It's not a cloud streaming service. Instead, it's their version of a G- Xbox Game Pass, letting you download and play these games as long as you're subscribed to the service. Um, so they have some big publishers and developers on there, such as Sega, Platinum Games, Devolver Digital, Annapurna, and Konami. Um, even... Uh, Hironobu Sagaguchi, who has worked on the Final Fantasy series, will feature his upcoming game Fantasian on the platform. Um, but there will be 100 exclusives at launch and the new games added regularly, but it's unclear how often or when those will happen. So their uh, premium games are not free to play and subscribing to the arcade will give you the full versions, including any updates or DLC that come out for it. So it's an interesting idea, but my concern with Apple doing taking this pathway is that they had the Apple TV and really pushed heavily on like the fact that it's a gaming, it can be used for gaming. And I never, after the first couple of months, like really considered it much of anything for gaming. Like they never really pushed that forward very well. And now they have a subscription service and like the iOS, like the iPhone and stuff like that is good for gaming, but I won't see myself pulling out my laptop to play a subscription service of games, especially for $10 a month. Right. Unless there's some pretty hot, like if they pull in like freaking doom eternal on here and that comes out in the service, like, yeah, maybe I'll consider it. But I feel like it's gonna be a lot of, um, B games. Right. And, or (laughs) indie games, which could be cool. I mean, this is, Uh, I think a lot of the, a lot of the platforms now, it's just, 
overall, like, you have PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, Steam, you know, Epic Game Store now, I guess. And it's like they have their own, like, variation of, like, stuff you can play on and, and certain exclusivity, exclusivity things. And, and I see where Apple's trying to go to, but I feel like maybe market it more towards kids because that's who will actually play this because people like us, like older people and maybe even some teenagers, like, we kind of already found our platforms that we want to play on, and I don't think they're going to change that much because um, this isn't anything new. And, yeah, the, the games are kind of might be kind of cool. Like, they're going to have Overland on there, which is an awesome game by Finji that we have some interviews on over at our YouTube channel, uh, Search the Inner Gamer. And I don't know. Like, I'd rather play Overland on the Switch, which it will be on, or, like, my PC or something. I mean, I agree. I wouldn't want to play this on my... I mean, it's kind of cool that you could put it on your TV, but, like, what are the controllers? Like, you just have to use the remote, right? The little, yeah. The Apple I mean, they, you, can get, you can get controllers for it, but... But then that's another peripheral that yeah. you have to buy on top of that. You know, if they wanted to market this as a gaming something, they should ship every Apple TV with some kind of gaming controller. Like what... Project Stadia is doing, or exactly. Google Stadia is doing. Right. I think that was a smart move on their part because they made a controller they, that right. looks and hopefully will feel good. And if you have it, you you might be more inclined to be like, well, let me just try it out, you know, right. see how it goes. But if you have to buy another peripheral, I think most people who get an Apple TV they aren't going to play games on the Apple TV. Right? They just want to stream stuff. Yeah. Because either they're not a gamer and they don't need a gaming console that has streaming stuff, or they already have a gaming device or platform that they already play on. Yeah. So, and I'm sure we're not really going to miss out on any of these games anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's weird. I mean, the timing is so bad. It could not yeah. be worse oh, because yeah. you got Steam now, you got Discord, you have, you know, the Humble Bundle stuff that's still out there. You got the Epic Game Store, like all these things that are entering the market all at the same time. Xbox right. Game Pass, right. PS4 pushing on their stuff more, like Stadia. Everybody I mean, out in Stadia. Like, it's just, it's such we're, a wrong we're, we're time. We're being torn too much between each other. I think having the trifecta of consoles is good, and then having the PC it kind of out by itself. Right, it's like the perfect mesh of gaming. At least for me, obviously that's how we grew up. So anyone younger probably can get in anything. That's why I'm like, you should just probably market this towards kids and adults that have kids. Yeah, I think they'd be more successful that way. Yeah, I mean, that's why you have kids playing phone phone games so so much. Yeah, I think that's a demographic. Well, I mean, I think yeah, I think that'd be a brilliant audience for them yeah because ten dollars a month for my kid who's already playing on their ipad all day long they're not going to have to sit there and spend two dollars every five seconds on microtransactions and bullshit that's another thing too is no microtransactions in these games you're playing a subscription for perfect that would be bullshit perfect um or like at least get like some free credits each month or something like that that goes towards it in some capacity right but yeah take that away because then your parent will know like okay yeah i'm paying you ten dollars i'm paying ten dollars a month for this play whatever the hell you want, but you can only play on this thing. Don't come ask me for money. Exactly. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to have a handful of games, so don't, yeah. And then these kids will be emailing Apple and be like, my mom won't let me play this game because it's not on the service. Can you add it for the service? And they'll be like, nope, sorry. Now, they have a handful of games that are like mind-blowingly good and bring something new to the game sphere. I don't see this really taking off. Yeah. So, at least not from adults. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few. There's a few who play it, but not yeah. enough. I mean, if the Switch hadn't come out and like they brought this service out and all the indie games I've wanted to play on Steam came out on this, I'd be okay with that in a way. But then again, I don't want to play all those games I play indie right. on a touchscreen. I want right. to play it on a Switch with controllers. Exactly. 
which we'll talk more about later. So anyway, um, PS4 state of play. We talked about this last week that they were going to be doing a, a new kind of thing this year where they were doing a stream announcing new games, products and announcements. And uh, so, so it's kind of taken a playbook uh, or a play out of Nintendo's playbook and doing like their Nintendo direct. And they had their first state of play and it was a little bit underwhelming actually. Um, it wasn't bad. It was about 20 minutes long and basically gave you a little bit about what you can expect for 2019. So the first thing they announced was that, um, there's a new Iron Man VR game that they're going to be making. Like you can play literally Iron Man in VR. It is cool to hear that. Like, I mean, I'm down. I don't know what it's going to be like, but it looks like you're, they, there's no gameplay with it yet, but you're in the first person view and you're up in an airplane at first. And then eventually you hop into, I mean, you're flown out of an airplane and then you got to jump into the suit of Iron Man and fly around like a badass and very cool. Do Iron Many things and shoot out bad guys up in the air. So it could be interesting. It also could really suck. We'll see. I but, feel like um, we haven't heard much of PlayStation VR. Dude, it's been all over the place. Has it? Yeah. It's just not not like news news, but like oh, as yeah. far as like the game, I mean, it's been like people are loving it. It's still That's selling good. a lot. That's good. It's actually the best. It's outsold. Like it's still getting like surprisingly good sales because um, like games like Beat Saber and stuff like that have really, really spearheaded it forward. Um, Moss and everything, uh, Astro, Astrobot, you know, Rescue Mission or whatever. Like they've still been putting a lot of money into it, which has been kind of cool to see. But um, No Man's Sky VR got it is, is, is coming out. You're going to get No Man's Sky VR, so that's cool. Um, they had new trailers for Days Gone and Mortal Kombat 11, showcasing some new titles. And um, yeah, Crash Team Nitro Racing Refueled. Uh, that's remastered game is coming out on June 21st, and the PS4 version includes some exclusive content, such as PS1 characters, the blocky forms of Crash, Coco, and Cortex. Um, yeah. They have... Uh, Ready Set Heroes was announced. It's an isometric dungeon crawler coming later this year. It's a four-player multiplayer game that pits you against another team in a race through a monster-filled dungeon. And then uh, they're making Five Night at Freddy's VR. That could be cool. Kind so of they're cool. really pushing in on that. Yeah. Um, remastered levels from the original games with all new nightmares. Uh-huh. A new story trailer for Concrete Genie. Which I'm excited about, but not yeah. something we haven't seen already. Yeah, yeah. So more stuff on the story, basically. And uh, that's it. That's the 20-minute preview. Right. So VR, Mortal Kombat, Concrete Genie, um, Ready Set Heroes, Crash Team Racing. That's about it. So, I mean, How it's not bad, it? but I mean, it's, it's a good, cool. I mean, I wish this would have been a little more hyped. Because this is something going to start doing regularly. Like, I wish it was kind of like, okay, get ready. Because we're going to, like, you know, some cool stuff's coming out. And then, like, kind of do what Nintendo is doing. Where it's just like, well, here's a bunch of you know, indie games. So, you know, get get hyped for that. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, I get hyped for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wish something major would have announced. But how sucky would it be if, like, no awesome PlayStation games come out this year? And all we get is just mediocre stuff. We get Days Gone, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so excited about that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Days Gone's coming out. Um, yeah, I'm still. We're hoping, hoping for some cool stuff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm still hoping but, for like some Death Stranding or something like that. But yeah. I don't know if it's gonna come out. Will it happen? Will it happen? I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. Uh-huh. 
All right. Last thing I want to talk about on this new segment is Valve. Valve. This this article like is literally hot off the presses. It just came came out like yesterday. Um, we're recording this on a Saturday. It came out on Friday. So Valve is working on its own VR headset. Uh, originally, they teamed up with HTC to create the HTC Vive to build the VR. But for quite a while now, Valve has been secretly working on their own VR headset that is uh, proprietary to their platform and built for them. Um, They call it the Valve Index, and it's basically a larger field of view, supposedly compared to the competitors, the Vive and the Rift. And other than that, there really isn't anything that was announced about it, but we're going to get something in May. And uh, yeah, it looks it looks kind of interesting. Um, the 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 front of it, there's a teaser image online. You can go to store.steampower.com/sales/slash. This is a terrible name. Just go to Google Valve Index and you'll find it. <laughs> um, they need a better page to market their stuff. But it basically has like a really wide set of eyes, and then it looks like where you put your head into it is. Uh, looks relatively comfortable but i don't know what the eyes are for i think those might be external sensors like external camera sensors um so yeah the valve index they are going to announce it in may 2019 of what it is and it might be better than the htc vive two things one i like how they say the half-life developer is like like that's still a thing like Really? Why don't you say Valve or Steam <laughs> or like the billionaire Steam like gaming service? Just say the Steam. developer that doesn't make games anymore. Developer. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it'd be nice if they if they even if they if they don't do Half Life Three that they would do like Half Life One and Two in VR, like remastered. Like that That'd would be, be sick. Cool. I mean, at least give us that. Damn it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, but it, they better have some cool technology in this that's better than the Vive and the Oculus. Which right. I feel like the, the Oculus obviously has been the one that's been worked on the most, right? The longest amount of dev time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it is, I mean, it is like probably the best one out there right now. Totally. So. Yeah. Oculus I, for life. I have reconsidered my position. Oculus for life. I can't wait to get the S. I'm going to jump on that shit so hard. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Don't forget. It's going to be great. All right. So with that, that's going to wrap it up for our new segment. If you want to watch some of these articles in video formats, check out our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash gamer, and hit that subscribe button to get the videos as they come out. Make sure you ring that bell, bang that bell, bang, bang that bell, <laughs> bang that bell so you get notifications. We want everybody that subscribes to get notified about new videos that drop because otherwise, how would you know? You know, you just don't. So keep up to date with the latest. Keep video up to date content because there really isn't anywhere else to look other than here. So with right. that, stay tuned for our video game discussion about Nintendo's next Switch consoles. Boom! You're listening to the Inner Gamer. Each week we break down a hot topic in the gaming industry. This week we're going to talk about predictions for the next Nintendo Switch consoles. So a report came out last week saying that Nintendo is indeed working on not one, but two new Switch consoles that are going to be an upgrade and possibly a downgrade for the Switch, which will be announced at E3 this year. 
So the one console they're working on is to kind of fill the void of the fact that the 3DS is basically killed and <laughs> won't be around anymore. I like how they're like, we're still going to support the 3DS and no one cares about it now. So. Yep, yep. So they are going to be releasing a cheaper, more affordable version of the Nintendo Switch. And it hasn't been announced whether it's going to be smaller per se, but what they did say is that it's going to strip out some features. Uh, namely, it might remove the haptic vibration engine and things of that nature to help reduce costs so that they can sell a cheaper version of it. In addition, the other console that they're working on is a more higher, higher end version. And what that entails, we're not quite sure, but they have said that it won't be as powerful as a PlayStation or Xbox one still, but it will be more powerful than what they have now. So what we want to talk about in this discussion is basically what we think they're going to do, which I think it's going to be pretty obvious. And then what we think they should do that they haven't done or announced yet. So let's start with the, let's start with the big kahuna, like the new bigger one, the one that's probably more geared for us as casual plus gamers, because I'm going to start calling myself a casual plus gamer because I'm a little bit more than a casual gamer. All right. right. So that's, that's my new, new phrase for myself. New tagline too, the casual plus podcast. Yes, exactly. Or the casual plus. Casual plus gamer. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think that definitely, namely, they need to get rid of that freaking edge on that screen. Just make it edge to edge. Take it to the edge. Take it to the max. Switch it up a little bit, guys. I want bigger screen, same size form factor. Do it, all right? Number two, I want these switch dock controllers to like fit better into the sides because I feel like it gets a little flimsy after a while and I feel like I'm going to break it in half if I like hold on it too tight and that bothers me. Number three, the kickstand breaks. Mine broke, okay? Why did you break it? (laughs) Give me it back for free. (laughs) Make the kickstand better. Then I want Bluetooth. I want to hear my ear pods through this device, right? I want that shit. Give me that shit. Oh, yeah. And then I want that speaker to sound better because that speaker is a piece of shit. It's not bad, man. It's a piece of shit. It's just not loud enough. It needs to be louder. It could be louder. That's the thing that that bothers me. I mean, I guess most people are going to listen to it just by like headphones and stuff. Well, I've got a deaf already because of my job and all the loud sounds I hear. And I think it's actually pretty loud sometimes. I guess it depends what kind of game you're playing and like what their standard levels are set to. But like when I'm playing, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, Banner Saga. It's actually pretty loud. I've never had it be loud enough. Okay. Ever. All right. Ever. Sorry. Stop smoking what you're smoking. No, I'm stopping right now. Stop jabling jables. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I personally... Now, granted, I usually do it when I'm on the toilet, and I have, like, the little Ven Hood thing on, so, like, it's a little bit muffled, but it's still... I feel like it could turn up a couple notches. Just for the sake, like if you're in a room with like a lot of people and you want to have the sound coming off just a portable device, it would be cool to have a little bit more sound projecting off that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it doesn't. So, but that's like all small stuff. That's what I want. What do you want from this console? I mean, I agree. I, I agree with everything. Oh, you said. and then 4K. But I don't know if we're going to get that. Probably not. Or no, 1080p on the screen itself. Yes. If we could have 1080p on the screen, I'd be happy. More memory inside. And yeah, definitely Bluetooth as well. Like if we had that, I think we'd be doing pretty good. Yeah. Form factor, like I, I, I think originally maybe I said that the screen was a little bigger, but on all in all honesty, I think just a edge to edge would be perfect. Like yeah. it's it's a perfect size console. Right. It just sucks because some games where you have a small character, 
it's just hard to see them. Like uh, Oxenfree, hate playing that game handheld. I hate it. Like you have to play that on the well, screen. Well, now if you have the Epic Game Store, you can get it for free this month on the Switch. Oh no, on the PC. Oh, well, I already have it on the Switch, so I don't want to get. it. I know. I'm just saying. If you, good, if, good you, if, you don't, if you don't have it yet, you can get it. And then yeah, longer battery life would be nice too. But I don't know how much more they could really do with battery, other than I don't know. They'd have to really finagle that because then it could be a thicker, you know, a thicker. Um, what do you call it? It could be a, a wider, or it could be more girthy if you added a bigger battery in there. Which I guess overall the battery actually lasts pretty good, especially if you just have it on standby. And yeah, really playing it. Yeah, but when, when once you get playing the Switch, if you have don't have one, like it kind of it starts to drain it pretty quick. Yeah, I would say maybe two hours of playtime total. If they claim three, but yeah, I've probably gone two and a half, I think, and that's yeah. about when it like craps out. Yeah, plane ride. Okay, well, for me, it's like two hours because at, at the two-hour mark, I'm like, I need to charge this because uh, yeah, I don't yeah. want it to die on me when right, I'm in right. the midst of like a battle or something. Right. And then if I, I hope the other, the last thing, which I don't, uh, I think you would agree with, is that we can just buy the XL. I'm going to call it the XL because I feel like that's probably a good name for it. If you can just buy the XL to place in your dock and you don't have to buy the whole thing over again. Oh, yeah. No, they better... Some kind of upgrade if they re, If they sell that freaking dock with it, I'm going to be so pissed. I'm going to be like, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> I'm going to slap you. I mean, we could put it to good use because we have events and stuff, but at the well, same that's time... True. I would like to have another dock, but yeah, I don't think... I don't want to have to buy it. Because I don't one. know what you could do differently. I don't think there's anything to do with the dock, per se. I mean, no. yeah, there's some like little tiny things you could do, maybe, no. but really not. I mean, it's... Pretty solid. All right, it does right. is a connector. But yeah, no, I definitely do not want to have to get another dock. Ooh, sturdier chassis because I dropped that face down, and somehow the back of the back plate, which has screws and screws and stuff on it, it broke off. Broke to the point where there's only one screw holding the back chassis on. Because <laughs> I actually <laughs> went in there, unscrewed everything, and found out that the little notches that screw in from the outside have all been broken off. I'm like, I don't. I don't understand. That's how weird. Possible. That's super so weird. Maybe even having like a metal chassis in the back would be nice. I don't know. It's yeah. not the best made hardware, but for what it does and what it is and what it provides, I really enjoy it. So I yeah. really can't complain. I mean, I think like software wise, it doesn't need to do a lot in that regard. I mean, if we go up to 1080p on the screen on the handheld part of it, and then just like in memory, I could. I mean, I don't think there's a problem with loading times really in any of the games. No, that's pretty quick. Um, if it stays that that way, like battery life, I mean that's that's a low on the totem pole for me personally. But yeah, I mean if we get some more battery, that that'd be cool. Um, I'd like to have. I don't know how this would work. Well, no, never mind. I was like a charging case. Like you need to put in your case and you take it with you. Like if it would yeah. charge it to keep it alive longer than just like the normal three hours. Or I mean, it doesn't die. But if you like have it sitting in a case for a week and you don't ever put it on the charger, it's gonna be dead at the end of the week. And then I'll forget right. that I had it in there, and then I pull it out to go I play mean, it, just, and I'm like, shit, I, mean, I didn't charge it. Buy third-party peripherals for that, really. Right, right. I, mean, I don't think they really need anything with that. I don't know if they... Um, what, what, what is the thing with the analog controllers? That there's an issue because it's not analog? Or oh, the digital sticks? Remember, yeah, I remember Luis talking about this. I think it's like, response time or something. Yeah. And the uh, the how sent like reactionary it is, because it's it's... It's not mechanical, it's digital, so it's not responding from a mechanical reaction. It's just converting that digitally, so it's not as precise, I feel like, mm -hmm. as it could be. So it'd be nice if they got they switched to that with the controllers. Or I mean, I, I, I guess 
If they're going to have the same size, there's no reason to change the way the controllers are made. Because doesn't the Pro Controller actually have the analog? I think it does. Okay. Luis was like our guy inside who like <laughs> looked into some of these things that we're not so privy about or really understood enough about. So right. I'm just rehashing some stuff I heard. Yeah, I still have. I'll be curious to see if they change the form factor in any way to account for like the almost carpal tunnel feeling you get after long times yeah. of play. Right. But I don't know what else you could do to it to make it to where the, the controller is detached and become, you know, handheld. Cause you're right. going to want to keep the same controllers because people have already bought a bunch of controllers. Like you'd hate for them to have to switch those controllers out. Huh? Get it? Switch. Ah, said switch. Well, I don't know. I, I just seems like a bad idea to make like different style anything and just keep the form factor with better things in a lot in a more in a bigger screen on top of the body because I, I see why companies want to kind of change things up because it allows like you know how like Apple changed from I forgot what they used to use before to charge like the different charging right right what do you, what do you like call it? Pin. long pin port to yeah, the signal yeah yeah to now the the lightning cable and so I see things like that changing but i just don't see the form factor changing because there's so much already involved in what this does and the size it has there's so many accessories and stuff that were built for yeah. this specific chassis and so and people want to change it up sometimes i get that like you know the iphone has different sizes so you just buy different size things every so often but that's like every is that every two years uh what who like buying a new iphone it's every year every year is a different iphone yeah there's always like uh single model right. in- increase every two years like, okay, and there's an S increase. About. So yeah, you get you get a you get a new phone every year, but each year it's like it's a half step and then a full step and then a half step and a full step. Right, right. Yeah. Um what do you think about the cheaper version? Because they're gonna have that cheaper version they're gonna bring out that's supposed to be lower cost. And they're doing away with things, but I wonder if they're going to change the form factor size or they're going to keep it the scale it is. I think they would have to. Because, again, you don't want people to go out there and buy a bunch of... If they're going to upgrade this, which I feel like a lot of people would. um, That's weird. I know. That could be interesting, though. I'll show it. Honestly, you don't have to detach it. It's just like a... But then what does that do for you? Hopefully people... Because you don't detach the... uh, you're not detaching anything. So, I mean, I guess it would be so good because you'd have that and you can dock it no still. Dock. Oh, but there should be a dock, though. That's what they're saying. Like, the the, the, the mini or the, you know, the smaller version, cheaper it's version. It's just going to be, yeah, just like a screen and controllers and you can't do anything with it. So it doesn't have the functionality that you would with a normal mm-hmm. Switch. And that's why it's going to be cheaper. I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I get that. Unless, like, I don't know. That'd be smart for them would... to make it to where you don't have the detachable controllers and it's a smaller form factor, but it still sticks in a USB and can dock on there. You just can't take the controllers off. So at that point, you have to have a separate controller in order to operate on the screen. But then that'd be kind of weird because you want it to be the that. same. I don't think you'd be able to do that. Yeah. I, I think, think there's could. technology in there. That that's what funnels into the cost. So if it's cheaper and you only play on this. Yeah. I mean, some people want that. Some people I mean, just all, want to all play the, on the screen. all the dock does is it's just a it's a it's an adapter. That's all it is. Oh. It's not doing anything but taking that signal. It's just like plugging a USB cable to the TV. It's right. just projecting that image onto the TV. So literally the dock is operating exclusively as a well it might be converter. too small for the dock. Yeah. If they well, make it I mean, smaller. yeah, they might need to like make a separate dock or something. But yeah, I did a lot of reading on that because I was I was trying to figure out if it was anything different. All it's all it's doing is just 
It's just like if you plug an HDMI into your TV to like project your image on there from your laptop, that's exactly what it's doing. So it's just image projection onto the screen. Be like that. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> just by a side. It's just a screen. That's weird. Uh, I don't get it. I think that'd be funny. It's yeah. just a screen you put onto two Joy-Cons. <laughs> Switch I <think>, Mini. <laughs> I think the form factor is to stay the same. Or if they make it smaller, make it to where you... I don't know. It needs to be able to dock. That's not bad. It's the same thing. It's just yeah. It's just one as long device as it docks. opposed to yeah multiple devices. But maybe I don't know. They're gonna do something within the system that makes it cheaper. You well, they said I mean? they were gonna reduce, get rid of controller vibration, so that there's none of the haptic mm-hmm. engine in there anymore. That's gonna um, be cheaper. They might reduce the quality of it. You know, that could be a possibility. I don't see them going lower than 720. <laughs> Yeah. Or 780p, 720p. Yeah, 720. 720. What do we do? Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what else you do. Reduce some, I mean, make it so there's no memory in it. <laughs> like, you have to buy an extra one. Yeah, but, actually buy a memory card. Or maybe at this point, like, memory cards will be cheaper that they can leave it the 30 gigs or whatever it is now, make the standard switch have, like, 100 gigs, and then make the higher quality one have, like, 250 or something like that. You think they'll keep the um, the card port? For like games and stuff, or they oh, yeah. download it directly. Uh, mm, that's a good question, right? Yeah, I, I can see him could doing. I can see him doing only. both. You know what I mean? It could be like if you get the cheaper version, you're required to get Switch Online. You exactly. have to download you have stuff. To download yeah, it. that'd be interesting. Um, I think they'll still leave the 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 card the where you can put the cartridge in there for right. now. But I mean, they very well could move towards. I mean, I'd be curious to see the numbers. I would bet you that people that own a Switch. 80% of the games that they purchase are large, large like likely purchased digitally. Right. right. I bet it's very uncommon because this is the first console that I've ever owned that I've that has physical devices available that I don't even think about purchasing physical. Exactly. Like I don't want to have those freaking cartridges in my bag, which is weird because like I want to have disc at home that I can swap out, but I could care less about the cartridge. Like every yeah. game I purchase on the Switch pass. I mean, you're going to lose the cartridge possibly. Yeah. So yeah. why even deal with that? So I only got some cartridges because it allows me because I have two switches, one for my girlfriend, one for me, and we can trade games out because some games not going to play all the time on mine. So that's a good idea. It's just easy to do it that way. But if I just had one, I'd probably just get it all. And some I got Black Friday, so they're cheap. Yeah. Like less than half price. So let's talk about real quick. I'm curious because this is going to come out in E3. They're going to announce these two models. They're going to have something else to have to go with this to showcase particularly a reason to purchase the higher end console other than it's going to be better quality. I feel like they're going to have some kind of game associated with it. That's going to be like, you need to get this version of the switch because this game will look better on it. Just like Xbox one. When they announced Xbox one enhance, mm-hmm. they were like, this is Xbox one X enhanced. So therefore you should buy these games for that. <laughs> I'm curious to know, cause like switch just brought out Yoshi's crafted world. Uh, Pokemon is coming out this year, but Pokemon isn't a game that I'd be like, oh yeah, this needs like the badass bomb graphics, right? Like I'm trying to think of what game, maybe Doom Eternal, but it's that's a third party. I'm trying to think what Nintendo franchise could come out that could be like, okay, now this is a game that's best played on the Nintendo Switch Plus. Star Fox. Ah, shit. That would be... Shit. <laughs> That would be it. Yes. That would be awesome. Because when does Star Fox Zero come out? Like, I have no idea. Uh, not games it, right has, has it been more 2016? Three years. So it is due for a new game. 
And we haven't heard anything yet. Very, very well. And can you imagine if they released it on the game store that day? Well, you wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. It had, they have to have a release date for the Nintendo, the new Switches along with being released that day. I think that's the only way they can sell it. That is totally... That yes, that would be perfect. You heard it here first. Star Fox could definitely be a cat category. Or Star Fox and Pokemon. Star Fox remastered. I'd rather get a new Star Fox. Okay, I mean I would too, but I mean I would still buy a Star Fox. Right, remastered. right, right. Just saying. I'm just saying. Interesting. That would be pretty sick. That or like a remastered. Oh, I just, they 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 don't remaster games, do they? No, not really. Well, it's kind of sad because, well, I don't, yeah. Yeah. But that'd be uh, cool to have a new, new one out. Yeah. I mean, they could do like a new. I mean, they have Luigi's Mansion coming out. That might be worthy of that. But Super Mario Maker is coming out this year. So that's what we're getting. We're seeing Super Mario Maker, Animal Crossing, Pokemon. Um, and then we're going to get uh, Star Fox would be a cool one, but I don't know if they want to do that because they do have some big titles coming out this year. Right. Dude, I want Rave Race. Show. Did you ever play Wave Race? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, man, that was the shit. That's the best Nintendo franchise around. <laughs> I don't know if it was even a Nintendo franchise. I think it was I just mean, like... when's Link's Awakening coming out? Uh, This year also. I mean, I can see all these games being a little, little more beefy. I mean, Pokemon Sword and Shield already is already beefy. And I will say this: there are some games where the where the Switch kind of chugs along, just just a few games in a few spots. I've noticed it. It's not all of them, but sometimes they can chug along yeah. in a few areas. So having something with a little more boof uh, in it would really help out, especially for the new Pokemon game because right. that game actually looks pretty dang good. Oh yeah, like, yeah. The three D graphics and stuff like they I got some really cool that. stuff. That's true. So they might be preparing for that as well. I hope so. That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, or for the VR, they could be doing some cool stuff for VR. Dude, there are they are so they're so gonna bring Wave Race back. I'm just calling it right now. It's coming. I can yeah. see it in the future. It's gonna be coming out. They've made three of them. The last one came out on the GameCube. It is due. Wave Race. That is gonna be the big title. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Or, they're, or maybe they're trying to beef up, but they already have like the Doom stuff, like Bethesda things. Doom Eternal is going to be coming out too, so that might be something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. Would be something like that. They're also going to have Assassin's Creed Three remastered. A lot of remasters on there. Yeah, but it's not any actual Nintendo games, right? Well, with that, I feel pretty confident that. What we said is going to come out on the Switch is probably going to come out on the Switch, the the bigger version. But I am curious to see if they change the form factor. I'm pretty sure they're not going to because if they did, that would be a major they mess did, up for them. You'd have to buy new new everything. I think. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Different controller. I mean, you keep the Pro Controller for sure, but I don't know. I mean, if you sold your Nintendo Switch to GameStop with everything else with it, I mean, that might be okay. Yeah. The only thing that would suck is that... Uh, well, mine's broken on the back, so I can't sell mine. Well, I'm curious too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and I got my broken kickstand, which no, that's sucks. True. That's true. But I'm curious to know if they would make it. I guess they want to make it cheaper because you. I don't know how they're gonna do that because, like, in a way, they're gonna have to sell it as a bundle. They probably mm-hmm. would sell it with the dock. Yeah. 
just because that's just a natural yeah. progression. I mean, I don't think they would make two separate skews for like one for with a dock and one without a dock. They're just going to make it, yeah, like you can't buy the, I mean, you can buy the dock separately, but I don't they'd really rather just make it to where it's, you have a single skew and that's the dock plus the console. Right. And that's I, it. I don't know how they would do it. We'll go up to GameStop and let you all know next time. I know, right? How they're going to do that. How they Crazy. do it in general. Anyway, so let us know what you think, what what your wishes would be for the Nintendo Switch. Like, if there's something about the Plus version, I'm going to call it Nintendo Switch Plus just because. But uh, if, you, if there's something about it that you think, like, oh, man, this feature needs to be there, let us know in the comments below um, or shoot us an email, hello, dnagamer.net. Um, what you want for the cheaper version? Like, do you want it to be... Would you be okay with it not docking to a system? Would you be okay with it having attached controllers or controls to it where it's basically like a Nintendo Switch Mini 3DS mashup? Like, let us know. I'd like to hear about it. Um, also, if you have any questions or want to contribute to next week's segment, visit theinnergamer.net and drop us a line. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our video game releases and new games of the month of April. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week. Let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. But first, it's a new month. And you know what that means? Free video games. All right, everybody. We have PS4, Xbox, and I have added a new category. And I call it the PC category because Epic Game Store specifically is releasing free games every month-ish and stuff like that. So there's like free shit that you get there too. So might as well talk about all the free shit. You can get all the free shit places. And let's talk about PS4. So on PS4 for PS Plus members in the month of April, you get Conan Exiles. This is the online multiplayer survival game set in the lands of Conan the Barbarian. You survive in a vast open world sandbox, build a home and kingdom, dominate your enemies in a single or multiplayer. Then you get a game called The Surge. This is a game where the mega corporation saves the world. A catastrophic event has knocked you out during the first day on the job. You wake up equipped with a heavy great exoskeleton in a destroyed section of the complex. Apparently it didn't do very hot. So this year's PS4 or this month's PS4 lineup is not the best, but if you want to play Conan Exiles, like now's your chance. <laughs> Got like mediocre reviews. <laughs> On the Xbox, we have four games because as you all know, we get two Xbox One titles and then some backwards compatibility titles. What? So they have the Technomancer. This is a sci-fi RPG that offers players plenty of dynamic combat action based on four skill trees dedicated to three combat styles and the destructive electrical powers of the Technomancers. You also have Outcast Second Contact. When I first wrote this, I thought it was Outlast Second Contact and I was really excited because I was like, ooh, another Outlast horror game. That's awesome. No, it's not that. This is a game that is a remake of the cult title that sparked the open world action adventure genre they claim. Take off on an exploration of Adelpha, an alien world as beautiful as it is dangerous, where your heroic journey places the fate of two worlds in your hands. It doesn't have great reviews, but it's a game that exists out there in the world. Awesome. And then if you are a fan of older games, you get Star Wars Battlefront 2, but not the latest one, the 2005 version. That was actually pretty awesome. And then you also get Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter 2. So those are all free for the Xbox in April. Last but not least, on Epic Game Store on PC right now, you can get Oxen Free and The Witness completely free of charge. I downloaded Oxen Free last night, got it for free, 
and not complain. That's great. So we have one game coming out in the next week. There's actually a slight lull here. So take advantage of this moment and play all the games you can because after this, we got a shit ton of stuff coming out. But on April 9th, on PS4 and Xbox One, we have a game called Dangerous Driving. Most of you guys don't know what this game is, but I'm excited about it because this is from the creators of the genre-defining series Burnout. This is the ones that split off and decided we're still going to make a game that's like Burnout, but they started with a game called Crash Zone or Danger Zone or something like that and released that, and that was like a mini version like based on a game mode, and now they have this game, which puts aggression back into the racing genre, recapturing the spirit of the past and taking it to a new place. It looks really, really good, and I might pick it up. Hopefully it doesn't dive. It's also $29.95, $5 off on the Epic Game Store. So if you want to get it cheaper, it's on sale on the Epic Game Store already. So that's pretty awesome. With that, that's going to wrap up our game segment and our show and everything. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcasts. Visit theinner.net and theinnergamer.net for our latest episodes, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. And Austin, what about Patreon? If you want to support our show, you can donate on our website by going to intergamer.net. All donations are going to make this podcast better, our videos better, and our events better for everyone. You can also join us uh, join us in on the conversation by going to our Discord channel. Check out our show notes for the link. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Brian Oski. And you've been listening to Intergamer, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Wavey's producer teases possible revival. Oh yeah, baby! I don't know, he's jizzing. Go home right now, Brett. Are we going to start a podcast called the Inner Gamer Podcast? Da, da, da. Okay, apparently we're not. Just killing time over here, wasting my breath. It's hard to breathe now because I've been talking for hours, playing D D, and now Brett won't hurry the up. Three, two, one. Hello, welcome to the game. Everybody, not scared of the mouse brothers. We're going to talk about video games today. Woo! Woo! Let's do it. Three, two, one. Go, go. News, go. Go, 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 go. <clears throat> one second. <sighs> you know, I come here, I get pumped, I get jazzed, I get my mind in the right place. And you know what Brett says? Fuck uh, you. <laughs> I am here to play the Switch console, oh, and it's here to take my heart away. He's I love the Switch Plus. In love with the Switch. And the light version. That is how I say. The end. Okay. Don't know what just happened. I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs>